And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from the heavens, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, and, and we are hearing them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was broken, spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and smoke and mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious days. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. May God bless the hearing and reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Lord, through your word proclaim, open up our eyes and our hearts that you may fall afresh on us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I'm either in middle school or junior high, I don't remember. And uh, we went to a country church in South Central Pennsylvania, and our youth group was everybody from middle school all the way up to high school. Uh, and we had a pretty good side, we had 20 some kids in that group, and it was, it was a great experience because it was like having big brothers and sisters. And so a couple of the upperclassmen said they wanted to go to the special service. And I was just glad that someone would invite a goofy junior high kid like me along. So I went with them and it was a Saturday night and, and we drove in his hooped up car up to this church um, in a town near us. And I, you know, I have no idea what's going on. And, and I remember walking into this place and the first thing that struck me about how diverse it was. Now, South Central Pennsylvania is not the, uh, uh, the center of progressive uh, thought in the, in the world. Uh, I have a couple fellow, uh, <laughs> fellow citizens from that area. But there were black and white people, which did not happen, first of all, much in that area. 
and there were nuns there and Mennonite people, which was even maybe more incredible than the mixture of races. And so there was this crazy diversity of people. And it was a service where there was a lot of singing and clapping. And at the time, some people stood up and started speaking. And I thought they were foreigners. Uh, they were speaking in these tongues I did not know. And I went home and told my parents, I go, it was a really nice meeting. They, let, they even let people from other countries talk. Well, that was my first experience with Pentecostalism, right? And though that movement had more than its share of, of problems, and uh, unfortunately it became something that kind of tore apart the churches in that part of the world and other places as well. You have the initial impulse of the charismatic movement or the Pentecostal movement was a breaking down of boundaries, right? It was the same impulse of Acts chapter 2. It was the love of God breaking down all the divisions that we had made as human beings, whether they be racial or whether they be sectarian religious. Now, what's really the good news this Sunday is you do not have to be Pentecostal to embrace Pentecost. To be a baptized Christian is to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think the problem is most of us have not fully unwrapped that gift, right? The prayer for the Holy Spirit, which we sang, is actually an invitation for us to open the door of our life to the always present God. That's really what the Holy Spirit is. It's the doctrine that reminds us that God is always present. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And now it is as if we hear each of us in our own native language. Now, if I'm in a particularly mean mood on a given year, I, I let the reader read all those names, right? <laughs> but I, was, I gave you grace today. I took all the, all the native names. But it's a pretty remarkable um, representation of the Roman Empire, every, all the people and all the language groups in the Roman Empire, everywhere Jews were scattered throughout the Roman Empire and beyond were present there for this feast of Pentecost. And Pentecost in the first century of the Common Era was often a three, three different celebrations. It really is, the, it was the harvest of the weeks. And this particular Pentecost is the celebration of the harvest of the barley, the first grains. Later on, there'll be a Pentecost for the new wine and the new oil. That's part of the joke, right? Because it wasn't the feast of the new wine, but they're saying maybe they already got, they started celebrating a little too early, right? Okay, that was kind of the joke there. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is, not, it's not a symbol of, but it's the reality of the Tower of Babel being reversed. The Holy Spirit is a way back to Eden. Now, if you remember the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis, humanity and their arrogance decide they're going to build a stairway to heaven, a tower to heaven. And God says, I'll show you. And it's an origin story for why do we all speak so differently, okay? 
Now, why there's so many different languages is a little more complicated, right? But the, the punchline of that story in the Hebrew scriptures is that because of human hubris, the human tribe gets divided into ways that we do not understand each other, right? And the fact that we don't speak each other's languages as a world community belies the deeper problem is of lack of understanding, right? Okay. I mean, currently as we're sitting here, one Slavic nation is bombing the other Slavic nation. And part of the deep historical conflict there is who actually is the real Slavs. That sounds like a kind of fight you have on the playground when you're three in third grade, right? Why is there a Memorial Day? There's a Memorial Day for, in large part, because of the failure of politicians to work things out. The willingness for generally old men because of their hubris, to sacrifice the lives of young men. And in the case of World War II, also 70 million civilians, women and children. But Pentecost is about breaking down those barriers. We hear the good news of God in our own language. Pentecost is about God restoring his shalom to the land and to each other. I mean, the Holy Spirit is very much an important idea behind the redemption of creation as well. In the Hebrew scriptures, God's shalom is always about the land and the animals as well. And it makes a lot of sense in the 21st century when human hubris is at its peak, that we actually are destroying the very air we breathe, the very water we drink, our fellow brothers and sisters of creation. N.T. Wright, the Bishop and New Testament scholar from England says this, our task as image-bearing, God-loving, Christ-shaped, Spirit-filled Christians is to follow Christ and shape our world. It is to announce redemption to the world that has discovered its fallenness, to announce healing to the world that has discovered its fallenness, to announce healing to the world that has discovered its brokenness, to proclaim love and trust to the world that knows only exploitation, fear, and suspicion. That's the powerful news of, of, Holy, of Pentecost. Secondly, Pentecost is a way forward with a renewed covenant. Now, Pentecost evolves in, in Jewish observance to this idea of Shavuot. It's, it's the, the holiday that's being celebrated now. Um, it is a feast of weeks, but Shavuot becomes probably in the first century or after the second temple, the celebration of the giving of the Torah. 
Um, they do a wonderful, uh, matter of fact, at our previous synagogue, Laura was in charge of, uh, uh, it's a wonderful um, opportunity to lift up learning. And we did a wonderful kind of series of, of, of talks in our synagogue and educational opportunities. But it's a celebration, not only the first fruits of the harvest, but the first fruits of what God wants to give humanity in the giving of the Torah. And this is probably one of the chief parts of Judaism that Christians don't understand, that the Torah is a gift. But what's interesting, there are, there are midrashes, which are later rabbis reflecting on what happened on the giving of the Torah. And I think this influences what's going on in, in Acts chapter two as well. There are two different midrash. And one of the midrash, and it doesn't matter where it's from, but if you wanna know later, I can tell you, is that when God gave the Torah, the voice of God went out to all the 70 nations of the world, each in their own language. 70 was the number of completion. So the idea when God gave the Torah, not only did God speak in the native tongue of his own people, but that it was a reminder that all the people of the world belong to God and that everyone heard the Torah in their own language. The tradition goes on that it was only the children of Israel that said yes to the gift. But the idea from the beginning, God wanted everyone to know his love in their own tongue. In another rabbinical story, it says that every person heard the voice of God in their own head. In other words, every person heard the voice of God in their own language. So not only does Pentecost say that God is the God of all people, but the gift of the Holy Spirit means God can speak to you. And God wants to communicate to each of you his love, his mercy, that you're not alone, that God sees you, that God knows you. I think it's appropriate that a memorial window is Jeremiah because Jeremiah had the third worst job description in the history of the Bible. I'll tell you later, I think one and two is, okay? But he had either second or third worst job description. All right, I'll tell you now, because I'll forget. Okay, I think Moses had the worst job description, okay? Job, that's a pretty lousy job. But Jeremiah got to prophesy that God was gonna destroy his people. And he turned out to be right. <laughs> And so not only <clears throat> did they try to did his own people try to kill him, but he had to watch the destruction of the temple, of the city, the massacring of his people. But at the end of Jeremiah's ministry, there's this wonderful vision. And I think Jeremiah 31 influences Joel chapter two. In Jeremiah 31, it says this. Now remember, he's prophesying this in the midst of devastation. Dead bodies are everywhere, animals are killed. Fires are still burning in the city, and he says this. Then shall young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. And then he goes on to say, and I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
this idea that the gift of the Holy Spirit is this fulfillment, it's a, it's a gift of joy. Okay. I don't know where we ever got the idea that being a Christian is so, to be sober and somber. Now, there are times for that, sure. But our message is one of joy, right? And this guy did that God himself will place his Torah in our hearts is fulfilled in the coming of the Holy Spirit. At the heart of the covenant, however it is, is communicated in the Hebrew scripture, is this promise that God is with us. And so not only is Pentecost about the restoration of our lives together, okay, God bringing us together where we are separated, but it's also the promise that God is with us. We are not alone. God is, as the Holy Spirit, is the healing presence in the world. God, the Holy Spirit, is the manifestation that God is with us. But there's even more that is a part of this idea of the Holy Spirit. I read almost every day that we are in the midst of a mental health epidemic in this country, and I, and I don't have to read about it, I see it. Lots of reasons for it, COVID, social media, gun violence, world is changing, creation is dying, too much sugar and processed food, too much screen time. Natural and man-made disasters create shadows and monsters in our own psyche. Our reading from the Hebrew scripture, Joel 2. There was a horrible locust devastation that wipes out the crops. Now, you and I have a crop failure and we complain about paying 50 cents more or 25 cents more for a loaf of bread. You have a crop failure in agrarian worlds, thousands of people starve to death. And in Joel, this not natural disaster becomes a foreshadowing of darker things. And we've seen it in our own country, right? Whether it be a 9-11 event, whether it be COVID, whatever, there are dark forces that have been unleashed externally in our country, but I think even more dangerously inside the heads of many, many people. And Joel is kind of like that. But in the midst of this disaster, a promise comes that there's a new chapter that's coming for God's people. That the spirit of the prophet, that God-intoxicated state where one is with God will be given to all. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. There is a future harvest coming, but it's not of barley. There's a harvest of souls who will be able to experience the very presence of God. Not only is God with us, not only is God bringing us together, 
But in a very real sense, God is in us in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, this is where it, make, it would be very helpful for you to see this in writing. But it's not that we are God's, small g, s, plural. But the good news is that we are God's, capital G, possessive. God in you means you belong to God. Let me say that again. It doesn't matter what has happened to you or what will happen to you. You belong to God. In life, in death, forever. And this is why it's important that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuity and an extension of the work of Christ. The Holy Spirit's job is not to draw attention to the Holy Spirit. It is the ongoing ministry of Jesus. So Jesus gives us a new command. You're to love each other as I have loved you. This is the way the world would know you belong to me, by the way you love each other. So that's the gift of the Holy Spirit bringing us back together. It doesn't matter that we are different ethnicities. It doesn't matter what even language you speak. The Holy Spirit says we're one people. We're to love each other. That's the gift that Jesus gives us. That's the command. The Holy Spirit is a fulfillment of the prayer of Jesus. Jesus in John 17 says, The glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be even one as we are one. That's Jesus praying to the Father. But the world may know that you have sent me by the way they love each other. And the promise of Jesus is fulfilled in the Holy Spirit. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The Holy Spirit is God bringing us together. The Holy Spirit is God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. About a week and a half ago, the Reverend Tim Keller died was a very influential pastor, theologian. Here's a quote that he has about Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, every Christian believer now is a burning bush. Every Christian believer is a Mount Sinai. This fiery power, the glory of God, the power of God comes down to every believer. A hundred people who have gone through the worst experience anyone could ever go through. Watching the best person they ever knew beaten and killed as a capital criminal. Fifty days later, start a movement that changes the world. What was the difference between all those men who were hiding the men who ran away, the men who denied that they knew him, the men who in reality all betrayed him because of their cavernous. Well, what changed their lives is the same thing that's present in this community in each of you. What could possibly happen if we actually unwrapped the gift of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Let's continue our worship by giving to God our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings.